Good morning, everyone. Welcome to chapel, first chapel of May term. To begin, I just want to say how excited I am to see you all here and the enthusiasm you have for filling the front three rows today. That's really impressive. Will you pray with me? God, I thank you so much for this day, and actually this entire week, Lord, for the sunshine and the warm weather. Um, it's great to have a May term start out this way. Please be with us today, this morning in our chapel time, but also, God, um, throughout the rest of our day, protect us and um, help us to see you in what we do. And in your name I pray, amen. Well, this morning I am up here to um, introduce Susie Lambright. She's a resident director here at Goshen College, and um, she's going to be sharing part of her faith story with us. And I'm excited about this because um, I first got to know Susie my sophomore year, year here at Goshen. And um, I have always been very impressed by her kindness and her generosity, not only to me, but to other college students and to her church family as well. Um, I started going to same church as she did my sophomore year. Anyway, um, I'm sure if you listen and pay attention today, you're going to catch a glimpse of the way she puts her faith into action and um, I ask the worship team to come forward now. We're going to sing a few songs. Um, please join us in worship. If you would all please stand to sing. Do you have scoot forward so I don't feel so naked, please? Okay, good. <laughs> Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful, where streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. And blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place, though I walk through the wilderness. Blessed be your name.
very much worship team for leading us. Good morning everyone. It's exciting to be up here. I wanted to talk in chapel for a long time and just hadn't been asked so when Bob asked me if I'd like to I was jumping at the chance. So I want to share a bit of my story with you this morning. Um, Not the whole story because we don't have all day. We just have a half hour here. Um, Most of you who know me would probably guess that I'm an extrovert. Um, I really enjoy people. I like people and noise and laughter and activity. Um, Those are all things that I grew up with a lot of. I'm the youngest of eight children, and so growing up, there wasn't a lot of quiet space in our home. There was lots of yelling and laughing and TV and all those sorts of things. 
Um, as my siblings grew, grew older and moved out of the home, they would still come home for meals. I had lots of friends in the neighborhood I played with. Constant activity. In high school, my friends would end up at my house oftentimes to hang out. Um, college, I lived in the res halls for all four years and loved that because there were people around all the time. So this was all great. Um, but this place of constant companionship didn't really prepare me for what my life would actually turn out to be. Um, my family, my peers, and I all assumed that right after college I'd probably get married and start having my own happy little clan of children and laughter and noise. But life did not, as many of you have probably experienced in your own lives or probably soon will, did not turn out quite like I had planned. Um, when I graduated from Heston, I thought that I had secured my MRS degree. Um, I was in love with this great guy, and I transferred to Bluffton after Heston, and he came here where the leafy, leafy maple grows. And um, after about six weeks apart, we realized what had seemed so great in the paradise of Heston, Kansas, really didn't have staying power. And so my heart was broken. Um, and ended up a couple of years later, I graduated from college without my MRS degree and moved back home here to Goshen. Um, so here I found myself, um, most of my friends had moved away or after college had gone back to their homes, had gotten married, those sorts of things. So here I was in Goshen, working 40 hours a week, um, not going to church real regularly, and living with a great roommate whose um, favorite activity was to go to the bar in South Met and go line dancing. And that's great for her, but it wasn't who I was. So I began to feel lonely. Um, my typical Friday night was going grocery shopping with my mom and then going back to, to the house and having supper with her and dad. Now, my, my parents are great. They're lots of fun. But as a 23-year-old, it wasn't really the social life that I had imagined for myself. I wasn't married like I thought I was, and I was hanging out with mom and dad all the time. So um, besides being lonely for, for friendship and so forth, at that point I started to truly wonder, was I ever going to get married? Um, I saw couple after couple get married, and I was happy for them, but I kept wondering who, if anyone, was going to be left for me. Um, I became very good at the ring check, um, which is often from very car, far across the room being a, a, able to tell which men have, have wedding rings on and which don't. Um, and I started comparing everything about each of my female friends that, that got married to me, like was it my hair? Is that why I wasn't getting married? Was my laugh obnoxious? Did I have a bad personality? You know, just eval eval evaluating myself against them. The one thing I knew that was not, not a concern was my cooking. I knew I had that down pat. But everything else was up for grabs. Um, after a while, I decided that maybe finding a church to plug into would meet some of these social needs and also might be a great place to find myself a husband. So after about Six months or so of church shopping, I found this great church that had an inspiring vision for Christian life and a, a worship style that I really enjoyed, and, and so I started going. And I soon found out that this church was a church that celebrated singleness. Now, that actually kind of scared me a bit because I didn't really want to celebrate it. I wanted to get it over with and, and get on to the next thing. Um, we had a big singles group where, where the emphasis was not on meeting a mate. It was on spurring each other on to f further growth in Christ and to having a lot of fun together. Um, 
we were given opportunities for leadership and just really involved. And so it was a great place to be. And, and during my time there, I learned a lot of lessons. I learned what a healthy friendship looks like between men and women who often view the world very differently. I stopped looking at every single guy that I met as a potential mate and instead as a potential friend who can teach me new things about life and myself. I learned that other women aren't the competition, um, but instead they can be kindred spirits, or at the very least they can be people who understand the depth of my love for chocolate. I learned that God wasn't going to let me be content as a marginal Christian. He was going to send people into my life to challenge me to grow in my walk with him. And I learned that being single isn't a punishment, social leprosy, or something to suffer through. Rather, it's an exciting way of living that opens many unique doors for ministry. So after about five or six years in this utopia of singleness and growth, um, things started to change there. Um, people from that group started to move away. They started to go to different churches. They started to get married, not to other people from the group, mind you, because we didn't do that, um, but they'd get married. And so I found myself being one of a handful of singles in this mecca of couples and children who were great, but I, but I got to thinking that maybe the lack of singles meant that I no longer belonged here. Um, I gained a lot from this church experience, and I was grateful for that, but it was time to move on, and hopefully to another place with a great singles group. So I started the search again, um, and then I found myself telling my um, friends, well, this church was great, but they didn't really have a singles group, or this church is great, but I felt like a piece of fresh meat because all the men would come over right away when they saw that I was single, or this group had a huge singles group, but they weren't friendly, they were cliquish or whatever. Um, I found flaw after flaw with every group that I met. And I soon began to realize that I was never going to find what I had there at my church. Um, but I was still discontent, and um, I, I, I was frustrated with God that things had changed, that I'd found this perfect spot, and that was changing, and I felt like I didn't fit again. So I said, I, I'm still going to leave it, um, leave that church. So I, I called one, one of my friends who, who was an elder to meet with her and tell her that I'm out of here. Um, and as we talked about why, I was like, well, I don't really exactly know why, and I don't really know where I'm going. We, so we talked more about what was missing from my church experience. It became clear that the real issue was not necessarily my lack of single friends, but a lack of relationships in general that had begun in my life, and a somewhat distorted view of why God put me in the church body. You see, in the midst of this singles group shift at church, I also had recently begun living alone for the first time with no roommate, and I dropped out of my small group at church because of work conflicts, and I was actually alone much of the time and was feeling that same sense of loneliness that I had felt when I was first out of college and hanging out with my parents all the time. Um, and this was not comfortable for me. I had this great experience, now I was taking a whole bunch of steps back, it felt like. So I wanted to fill up this aloneness and loneliness with other people, another singles group, more activities, things like, like I had done when I'd first joined this church. Well, so I began looking at how God made me in the midst of that. And my friend challenged me to do two things, um, to build new relationships, and not necessarily with just other single people. It's great to have single friends when, when you're single, but there's a, a lot of benefits of having married friends too. 
and also to begin to grasp and, and feel comfortable alone. Um, so up until this point, I had seen the marrieds and singles at our church as sort of an us and them kind of thing. Um, they were nice, and I liked their kids, but I didn't necessarily think they wanted to be good friends with me. And I wasn't sure that I wanted to be good friends with them. Um, but as I started making a conscious choice to cultivate those relationships, um, I found out that they did want to be my friend, that we had um, this great opportunity to encourage each other in our separate states of life. Um, you know, when they were frustrated with their husband or just tired of taking care of the kids or, or whatever, I could remind them how fantastic that was, that they had a husband and they had kids to take care of and what a blessing that was for them and how much I, I would enjoy that and so they should be thankful for that. And then they reminded me how great it was that I only had to do my own laundry. I didn't have to pick up after people. I didn't have to wipe snotty noses. I didn't have to make meals that catered to the taste of a three-year-old, um, those sorts of things. And so it was nice that we could encourage one another to be content in our current state. Um, but more importantly than that was that we could see the things that we did have in common, the things about being women, the things about um, walking with God, the things about being women of integrity. And so we began to encourage and support each other in those things. And now some of those re relationships are some of my most treasured ones. Um, so that was one thing we wanted to work on. Another thing we wanted to work on was be starting to feel comfortable being alone. Um, this was not easy for me, so I thought I'd start doing baby steps. Um, there's, there's, there's a Christian author who, who's a single gal named Cameron Courtney. She's an amazing lady. And she um, has written several books on singleness and articles in magazines and speaker and speaking engagements and so forth. But she said, she, she talks about a thing called me nights, which is a night where you set aside an evening to do just what you want to do by yourself. So sometimes I will take a night where it's just me and I'll put on my pajamas, do some kind of crazy facial mask, rent a movie that I would never want my friends to know that I really wanted to watch, something really stupid, and I probably get take out Chinese food. And it's kind of just my night to celebrate me and to do what I want and just to be alone. And that's really cool. Or sometimes I'll buy a People magazine and go to Panera for lunch by myself. And so I'll sit there and kind of watch people and read my magazine and be my, be, be my myself there. Or this campus is really pretty during the summer, so sometimes at night I go for long walks on campus. It's very relaxing. Um, and I also have learned to love to go out on road trips by myself. I find that some of my best conversations with God happen when I'm on those long trips, just me and him in the car. So while these things aren't necessarily wild and daring and earth-shattering, they have taught me some new things. Um, one is people don't look at you like you have scales if you go out to eat by yourself in a restaurant. They don't take pity on you or, or those sorts of things. Um, I also learned that it's okay to talk to myself as long as I do it in the privacy of my own home. Um, me and God are a cool traveling duo. We have lots of fun. And sometimes much more interesting conversations can happen with strangers when you're out in the world by yourself. And, and, and you have unique opportunities to share, share about God with them when you're not concerned about the conversation with, with the person you're with. Um, so while I was learning all these things, God also, God also taught me a lot about what it meant to be bar, part of a church body at this time. 
Because up until this point, I, I had enjoyed ministry and leadership roles, but mostly within the context of our singles group. Um, as that started to dwindle, I found myself restless to use my gifts and talents, but unable to figure out how to do that in the context of the broader church. Again, these wonderful new married friends began to call out those gifts in me in new ways, and I found creative ways to develop them, and I grew in ways that I had never expected, even discovering passions that were deep in my heart that I didn't know were there. So while I continued to learn about the woman God made me to be, and how that has been lived out in my day, daily life, I'm now excited to see what he stirs up for me next. I don't know if I will ever get married, but I do know that I will continue to ask God to show me more of his purpose and plan for my life, both in the quiet places where it's just me and him, and out in the loud, chaotic places where it's me and him and the rest of the world. I want to share in closing um, of, of my talk here, a poem that my RA from my junior year gave to all of the gals on our floor. It's been one that I've gone back to many, many times over the years. It's called a After a While by Veronica Schofstall. After a while, you learn the subtle difference between holding a hand and chaining a soul. And you learn that doesn't, love doesn't mean leaning, and company doesn't always mean security. And you begin to learn that kisses aren't contracts and presents aren't promises. You begin to accept your defeats with your head up and your eyes ahead, with the grace of a woman, not the grief of a child. You learn to build all your roads on today, because tomorrow's ground is too uncertain for plans. And, and futures have a way of falling down mid-flight. After a while, you learn that even sunshine burns if you get too much. So plant your own garden and decorate your own soul, instead of waiting for someone else to bring you flowers. You, you learn that you really can endure, you really are strong, you, you really do have worth, and you learn and you learn with every goodbye you learn. And now we have a final hymn. Would you please stand with me and turn to number 389 in your hymnal? <clears throat> 